Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our new website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello Trojan fans and welcome to episode number 155 of the Peristyle Podcast. Today is January 31st, 2011. We've got a great show for you this week on the podcast. Our last podcast before signing day, so lots of recruiting talk to get to. We're going to kick things off with Gerard Martinez, the uscfootball.com national recruiting analyst. He's going to be joining us in the first segment. We'll talk to Coach Harvey Hyde. A little bit later on in the show. If you have any questions or comments, we always welcome those here on the podcast. Podcast at uscfootball.com is our email address. Or drop us a a voicemail, 206-888-6755 is the number. That's 206-888-6755. Leave us a voicemail. We can play it on the podcast and answer your questions. We've got a few of those today we are going to get to. Try to keep those to... 45 seconds or so. We don't want them kind of rambling on and uh, taking everyone's time up there. So try to keep them short and sweet and to the point, and we will get to those for you. Like I said, we got a great show for you. We're leading up to signing day. This is the busiest time of the year. A lot of my, my friends that don't really know what I do or understand what I do, they're like, oh, the season's over. Is this uh, kind of a slow time for you? And this is really like kind of the busiest week of the year. And I know one guy that's been very busy, lots of stuff going on. Gerard Martinez joining us now. How are you, Gerard? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, things are good. It's a little crazy, like we said on the site. Lots of stuff going on and uh, lots of rumors and stuff to get to. We'll uh, we'll get to all those. We've got some questions of voicemails and stuff, like I said. Is this uh, any different, Gerard, this year before we get into some of the questions where, you know, it's Lane Kiffin's first kind of real class where he's been here throughout the entire year. Does this year feel any different than some of the other years? Yeah, I think there are a lot more rumors out there this year. I think there's maybe a little more positivity because it's a really good recruiting staff on paper, and I think that uh, a lot of Trojan fans are are feeling like this is a big class and there's going to be a lot of momentum. So it tends to lend to a lot of rumors and a lot of speculation uh, and some pretty bombastic claims as to, you know, who might be coming to USC and, uh, you know, what the class may look like on signing day. So, you know, in, in addition to just, you know, tracking down the real news, there's a lot of uh, trying to make sure that, uh, you know, we get straight some of these rumors and these uh, these little, um, you know, whispers behind closed doors and through emails that uh, definitely, you know, pump up the fans. And it's one of those things that it can become unfortunate because I think on signing day, USC is going to sign a really, really good class. But because people are so focused on some of these out-of-state guys and these big names that they hear about from ESPN and, and from, you know, all these networks, they tend to kind of lose sight of, you know, what USC really needs and what USC uh, really has. And, and sometimes it's more about what could have been instead of what is. And, and I think um, what is is going to be a really solid class. They just need to make sure, you know, that they, they really bulk up on the offensive line and defensive line, and I think they're doing that. Linebacker position is obviously a big need. I don't know if it was really going to be possible for them to, to, to go big on linebacker this year. You want to get some bodies. You want to get some depth. But in terms of getting those big-time marquee-type players that you can build around, all those guys are back east. And, uh, again, I think, you know, in terms of focus, uh, I think this year had to be more focused regionally and, and especially in Southern California. Now, we're lucky at uscfootball.com. If you check out the Peristyle, which is our premium message board, it's the busiest USC board around. I mean, it's crazy. There's stuff. Lots of stuff going on, and I know there's people that come in, and there are new users that don't post all that much, and, and sometimes rumors get started, and people are spreading rumors and talking about you know maybe a blog somewhere said something, and everyone kind of runs with it. it. It's interesting. if you're not, It's definitely something to check out, and uh, our friend Guy had a kind of question on all that. I'll play that right now, his uh, voicemail question. Hi, Ryan and Gerard and Martinez, if you're both there. I'm sure you are. This is... Uh... Uh, 31st, and it's early in the morning. This is Guy. I just want to know uh, a single thing. When uh, these uh, rumors get started, uh, someone could say anything. 
why don't we have a, a rule? Why don't we have some something where you t- where you ask the poster if you don't have any source, if you don't have anything you can you can. I'm not talking about the the well-known people, but I'm just talking about any troll that comes in and says, uh, "Oh, well, so and so just recruited to our program." Ha ha. Well, why don't we have something like a uh, where? What's your evidence? Or else, you know, don't uh, allow the the post some kind of screening process. I know that's too probably isn't that probably is detrimental to all this gossip and everything, but it's just an idea. Thank you, and let's hope we have a big day on Wednesday. Uh, fight on. The problem we deal with all the time, Gerard. There's uh, lots of rumors and stuff going on, but I mean, I, but I think I think you do a great job of handling it, and I think a lot of people look to posters like you. That you know, people when you write up a story, and you know, you you check your facts and know what's going on there. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's well the difference between <laughs> between me and just a poster is you know I work for the site full time, and you know I have contact with these kids, and you know it's it's my job, so. Uh, it's it's a different deal, and and I totally uh, see where guy is coming from, and it's um, definitely a good argument to make. Unfortunately, it's the internet, and even though you know the peristyle is uh, a controlled environment, what you know, if you, if you sort of speak, I guess. Um, and I, I guess you know, and during signing day and during this stretch, it's it's almost uh, it's kind of funny to say a controlled environment, but it's it's something that you know people are just excited and. You know, you kind of understand both sides of it, and and for for me, you know, specifically, obviously, I got to chase down a lot of these rumors, so it's more work for me. For the most part, I mean, you know, there's some things that get posted. USC's won the appeal that came up this weekend, and it was like, obviously, you know, we knew <laughs> that, that that was not yeah. a legitimate thing that had happened. That was not a, a newsworthy article or story that came across the wire. It was just more internet fodder and that's fine and and you kind of nip it in the bud because that can be misleading and it gets people thinking oh you know something that is not really true and you don't want that on the message boards Um, but as far as there being a lot of rumors about this that and the other you know unfortunately it's not really always the new posters the people that are kind of new to the peristyle or new to recruiting in general it's sometimes it's just you know the posters that have been around a lot and they know about the kids and you know at this time of year there isn't always a lot of new information about recruits especially the top recruits mainly because there's so much pressure on them that they start to go dark they cut off their phones, they're not talking to the media, they're not really talking to anybody, and when there's no information out there, people tend to want to make up their own information. They tend to want to start connecting the dots, and those dots become further and further apart the less and less interviews a kid does. So it really is kind of a little bit of that. The gossip and things that go around I tend to see is is, is more from uh, some of the regular posters. And, and, it, and, again, it's just the excitement of signing day, and it's the excitement of what could be, and that's part of the recruiting process, and that's why people get so hooked to it. It's a lot of drama. It's, it is like a soap opera, and we know that soap operas are addicting for women. <laughs> well, this is, you know, a soap opera for men that is addicting. It's sports. It's a fantasy-type thing where they're looking looking at the future of USC football and, you know, what could be and, and, and looking at a guy like George Farmer and thinking, man, is this, you know, what could this guy do with the offense? I mean, how much better could USC been last year if they had, you know, Robert Woods and George Farmer playing on the same team? And it tends to lead to, you know, these things where it's like, you know, well, hey, you know, we need linebackers and shoot, you know, uh, Anthony Thomas was posting on Curtis Grant's uh, Facebook page. Well, Curtis Brand- Grant is a five-star linebacker from Virginia who has no interest at all in leaving the East Coast. And we talked to him early in the process. USC offered him. USC was recruiting him hard. And I, for my first interview, I knew that kid wasn't leaving far from home. He may not leave Virginia, let alone the East Coast. So it's one of those things where people are all of a sudden thinking, well, hey, you know, the Anthony Thomas and, and, and people didn't even know about the Anthony Thomas going to Oregon on a visit is, is, is posting on Curtis Grant's Facebook. And the next thing you know, I've got people emailing me left and right about, is Curtis Grant on an official visit to USC? I heard he's at USC. I, I think he's going to commit to USC. He's a mystery five-star. Okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> as, as the phrase goes on the peristyle right now, pump, pump the, the brakes. brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes. Pump the brakes and take a deep breath. And again, you know, 
Curtis Grant, great player, five star, yada yada yada. But you know, let's start looking more at you know, is USC going to be able to keep Kenturin? Is you know, is USC going to be able to develop the guys that they have committed? Um, you know, are they going to look for maybe another local guy if Kenturin bails out and ends up going to Georgia? There's all these other stories that are going on at the same time, based in you know more reality. And but that's but that's. That's that's the way. That's the week. You know, that's signing day. It's, yeah. There's a lot of things coming and going, and I, you know, you take it for what it is. Honestly, it's 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 just part of what makes it, I guess, special and 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 interesting. And you know, you 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 could try to curtail it and, and try to you know jump on people right away. And and if there's a you know somebody with five posts that comes up and says, I heard the Anthony Thomas uh, is is going to Oregon and George Farmer's going with them. That post, that, that thread is going to get locked pretty soon. You know, it's just kind of like, listen, you, you got to be able to cite a source that's legitimate that we trust. And, and you can't just, you know, bring some stuff over from some other message board that you found just floating around in inner, you know, internet land. And, and uh, Twitter and stuff to, too. You to see a lot. Twitter makes the, the problem even worse, Twitter and Facebook and everything like that. So, you know, people will tweet something. I, I see this USC tweet account that will pop up in my feed sometimes, and it will be old stuff. It will be like USC to find out fate of NCAA, but it was back from June. You know, like like there's all kinds of stuff being tweeted out there, and you need to check. You know, before you start talking about it, check into it and see. And you talked about that report yesterday or the day before where, oh, the, the USC's got the, the appeal worked and all the sanctions were cleared. Like, there's a lot of crap out there, and I think it comes down to you, you're on the boards a lot. You know the posters you trust. Obviously, if there's a, you know, people that work for the site like you or me or Dan or whatever, I mean, you know, that's what we're doing for a living. We're not trying to put crap out there just to see if it sticks. I mean, you kind of have to know who to trust out there. And it's crazy, guy. We do apologize. It's hard to police a lot of this during signing day because it is so crazy. But I guess that's what part of makes signing day so special, like you said, Gerard. And there are, I mean, it's a different, it's, it's unique situation, you know, depending on if you're talking about team stuff with, you know, the appeal, as you mentioned, or with the recruiting process. I mean, the recruiting process is, is a little different in that I think you have to familiarize yourself with some of the recruits to kind of know what's going on with the recruits to base, you know, to, to kind of talk about them. Um, but the recruits now are also a little savvy to it, and they are kind of throwing a little bit of curveballs at the fans themselves with, as you said, Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, we had uh, a, a thing come up last night um, from uh, Eric Florence, who's the uh, 6'2", 195-pound safety from Valley, Alabama. Four-star safety. Uh, it's down between Auburn and USC. And for a long time, uh, the word has been he's a silent verbal to Auburn. And now, you know, people are feeling, well, you know, USC, USC, USC. Everybody just thinks he's a lot to Auburn. And... Of course, Eric Florence takes advantage of this and goes ahead and posted he's USC bound on Facebook last night. And of course, you know that that was about two seconds later is on our board and people are asking <laughs> about it and is it legit? And meanwhile, his friends are on his Facebook page laughing because you know, he's like, you know, why are you messing with all these people stalking your fake Facebook page? So they know that the fans are watching. You know, the the kids know. You know, they can manipulate the process and play around with people and make it interesting for themselves as well. So it's one of those things where you know it. it you you just gotta you gotta post responsibly. That type of situation, obviously, you know, people are gonna be talking about it on the message board, and they should talk about it on the message board. I mean, I wouldn't expect USC fans not to bring that up on the USC message board. Um, and 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 seeing that he didn't necessarily back off of that uh, announcement off his Facebook page immediately and just say I'm kidding, he kind of pushed it a little further. Said no, for real, you know, I'm going to Cali and went on and on and on. Okay, well, you know what? You 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 open the Pandora's box with that. <laughs> now you're going to have every USC fan and every Auburn fan within earshot posting on your Facebook page, and it's going to get crazy. And you're going to get phone calls. And he I think he even mentioned on his Facebook page that he had two people knock on his door and had two or three reporters calling his house. And that was probably eleven eleven thirty at night, uh, Alabama time. But you know what? He asked for it, so you know that's kind of <laughs> where the process goes. It's give and take. No, for sure. And then there's even some confusion just with the USC name because USC is recruiting, you know, with the Lane Kiffin staff coming in. They're recruiting a lot of guys from SEC country. And sometimes I think people will confuse 
Southern California and South Carolina, and that might be uh, this next question. Um, Antonio, who uh, listens to the show in Saudi Arabia, so thank you for listening to that. We're gonna, he has a voicemail question. I'm going to play it in the next segment with Harvey Hyde, but he did have a little recruiting thing in there as well. Well, Jared, he also is a big fan of the uscfootball.com TV, so that was a, a great job you did on there. We did a show last Thursday night, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, he wanted to know about Jadavion Clowney, and uh, is he considering USC the five-star number one player in the country? Um, I think that might be a thing where you're confusing the two different schools. He is a USC lock. I'm going to say it right here, right now. But the other USC. <laughs> yeah, South Carolina. I don't think he's leaving the Carolinas and it looks like, uh, yeah, he will be at USC, but not the University of Southern California, the University of South Carolina. And from what I hear, he's actually not going to announce on signing day. Supposedly, he's not going to announce until February 14th. Now, I'm not 100% sure about that because I haven't really followed his recruitment since the summer. Uh, but that was the last I heard because Rivals is actually implementing a new policy when it comes to naming a recruiting ranking champion um, because there's been so much uh, give and take and, and, you know, guys signing and then guys holding off signing. Um, it, it's, it's, it's one of these things that's actually, you know, it's, it's, you could almost call it the Soma Vanuku rule um, because it's come up with Soma Vanuku uh, being one of those players that uh, committed to USC and looked like he was going to sign with USC and then didn't end up with USC. And there was some talk about, you know, does he end up in the class of 2011, ranked with the class of 2011. And we actually answered this question last week uh, about Soma. You know, what class does he count towards? What class is he officially a part of? And there are really two different things. What class he's officially a part of will be the 2011 class. But in terms of his recruitment and in terms of his evaluation from a ranking standpoint, he's part of the 2010 class. So it's going to change in the future, and you're going to see a guy that does not sign with a school. He won't not count towards that school so it's going to be who actually signs their papers on signing day will be uh who is considered the actual uh recruiting champion if you will the mythical national championship of recruiting so it's going to be you know who actually facts their letters in and signs with the school um you know, on signing day, and then the, the actual national champion will be named, uh, I guess, about a week, maybe a little bit afterwards, um, you know, and trying to get in a real feel for who's actually going where and, and who's actually signing. Now, you know, at the same time, though, there are also guys who end up being grade casualties, and, and they go to junior college, and so they can kind of sort of count towards two different classes. But I think the main thing is you got to be able to play football again after you don't make it. And a guy like Soma Vanuku kind of technically gray-shirted. He didn't play football this year, so it's nothing really to evaluate him on to rank him again for the 2011 class. So um, that's uh, kind of a, a little bit off topic, but just to uh, kind of inform USC fans who I'm sure are going to be looking at the rankings very carefully because USC is going to be up there. They're going to have a big class, and it's going to be you know kind of a, a close thing as to you know who they actually uh, end up signing if they're able to grab a couple of these out-of-state guys. Uh, that's really going to boost their rankings, or they're just going to have to get you know maybe a couple more three-star guys locally. All right. Well, there's lots of rumors going on, Gerard, and uh, we mentioned some of the guys. Here's a, another voicemail question from uh, JD, kind of addresses some of those. We have a lot of other written questions too. We kind of go over that. We'll probably just take them one at a time. But here's his question for you. Hi, it's JD from uh, Washington D.C. Uh, Gerard, tell us your take on the big rumors of the weekend: Grimble, Tareen, Mamba. Uh, a lot of wishful thinking going on that we had signed Simmons and uh, Dawson, uh, hence uh, explaining, quote-unquote, uh, their decommits. But Black Mamba, uh, I mean, <laughs> who'd replace him with Buck Allen? And uh, you got to be a little suspicious that Allen's commitment and rumors of uh, Thomas's decommitment occurred on the very same day. Uh, anyway, it'd be interested in your take on the, this wild and woolly closing weekend it's the most wonderful time of the year Ryan. yeah <laughs> you mentioned a lot of dudes that, in that it the staples, i think it's a staples commercial isn't do you, it, where uh, the kids are going back to school yeah <laughs> who do you want to address first we'll do it one at a time uh we'll go with grimble 
uh, Jalen Grimble, not to be confused with Xavier Grimble, who's actually uh, a tight end on the roster at USC. His cousin, not his brother, his cousin, uh, Jalen Grimble, was committed to USC. To our knowledge, is still technically committed to USC. Has not officially visited USC and was supposed to visit UCLA this weekend, which was very interesting because, again, he hasn't officially visited USC yet. So the assumption was he'd visit USC this weekend, and instead he was scheduled to visit UCLA. Neither happened. A lot of talk was, well, maybe he went up to Washington. That was something that was being reported up there. Evidently, he didn't go to Washington either. He didn't go anywhere. Uh, he's looking at USC, he's looking at UCLA, he's looking at Miami, and he's looking at Nebraska. It's really hard to figure out what he's doing right now. And a lot of people want to close the door on his recruitment to some extent. I know ESPN actually reported that USC had stopped recruiting him and didn't want him anymore. I do not get that vibe. I don't know where that information came from, but I don't get the vibe that USC has totally closed the door on Jalen Grimble. They have not totally closed the door on Kenturine either, although Kenturine has officially decommitted from USC. Talked to him yesterday. He uh, actually talked to him a couple times yesterday uh, via text, and then he called me back later in the day, and we discussed it further. And really his explanation for decommitting at this point is that he feels like it's not being sincere to say that, He's committed to USC going into signing day when there's a legitimate, legitimate shot uh, that he ends up somewhere else. Um, he's looking at Georgia. He's looking at Nebraska. He's looking at Texas Tech. And with those schools, he feels that there are chances, there is a possibility he could end up committing to one of those schools. So he feels like he doesn't want to be committed when each school has a shot to get his commitment on signing day. So he has officially decommitted. You know, what are USC's chances in getting him recommitted? I don't think it necessarily – I don't think it looks good on paper. Uh, we've talked about Joe Adams and Alshon Jeffrey and some of the players in years past that have been out-of-state recruits that have used signing day to quote-unquote reannounce you know, what their decision is going to be, their final decision, and it has never ended up good for USC. So I think if you're looking in terms of logic and rationale – and not getting caught up in what this guy says or what that guy says, because, you know, there's a lot of players, uh, there are a lot of commits that are committed to USC that talk to Kent and, and have regular conversation with Kent who feel that Kent is still going to USC. I just don't get that vibe talking to Kent myself. He's been very noncommittal about being committed for a while now, and it did not surprise me that he officially decommitted. And it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up at Georgia. If he ended up at Texas Tech, if he ended up in Nebraska, that would surprise me a little bit, but Georgia, I kind of don't think so. There's a lot of rumblings about him being a silent commitment on his visit to Georgia, and again, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. Um, Wait, so the, I, before we get to that, so that Bill from the East Village wanted to know about Jalen Grimble. Uh, Kevin wanted to know about Kent Tureen, and then I assume, are we going to talk about the Black Mamba next? The Black Mamba. Um, so we had Steve wanted to know about DeAnthony Thomas, decommitment and committing to Oregon. I'm surprised by that. And then Evan wanted to know, you know he was asking about those rumors as well. Um, so I guess we did have a bunch of questions on that come in late because this was all kind of happening late yesterday and then to early this morning. So I guess we can start talking about DeAnthony Thomas now. The Black Bumba, Ryan's favorite player. Is yeah, he in, my, in this player? class, he's my favorite. <laughs> he goes to Oregon, he's still your favorite player. Um, okay, so this, is, so this is what we know um, of DeAnthony Thomas right now. We haven't spoken to DeAnthony directly, make that clear. Um, but according to various sources, including Victor Blackwell, who I spoke to last night uh, at length, uh, DeAnthony Thomas did officially visit Oregon uh, this weekend. And the visit was really under the radar. Oregon kept it quiet. They knew that they couldn't really have USC know about it. They wanted to bring him in. It sounds like, and again, we're kind of, it's a little bit of a hearsay situation here, but Victor Blackwell is the godbrother of DeAnthony Thomas. They lived together in middle school for a while. And so they're very close. They're very close. And he talked to DeAnthony Thomas, but didn't know anything about him supposedly committing to Oregon. 
And so when I asked Victor about it, he was kind of taken off guard. So he called DeAnthony, spoke to DeAnthony, um, and then we spoke. And I was, you know, calling him, uh, you know, at the start to really talk about his official visit that he took to USC this past weekend himself. So Victor Blackwell, you know, is visiting USC, and we're ready to talk about that. And then all the stuff about DeAnthony going to Oregon and and evidently committing to Oregon came up. So, you know, he, he... called DeAnthony, spoke to him, and according to him, DeAnthony went up to Oregon by himself, and it was a real low-key type thing, didn't want to really tell a lot of people, etc., etc., and really liked Oregon. I mean, spoke glowingly about Oregon, loved the facilities, talked a lot about Nike and, you know, how great, you know, the the whole Nike thing is up there, and, and, and you could just tell in, in the way he talked. I mean, he really talked about it glowingly, and, and it seemed like he was, you know, really giving it some consideration. You know, I really like the visit a lot there, and, and I like maybe what they're telling me. But according to Victor, there was no talk of him saying, you know, I think I want to go to Oregon, I'm going to commit to Oregon, or I think I want to decommit from USC. That never took place, at least in the conversation that Victor had with him. Um, Victor kind of didn't think... After it was all said and done, he'd really go to Oregon, mainly because of family and, and just, you know, being close to home and having so much support system down here. And I kind of tend to agree with that. I kind of tend to agree that if he went up there by himself, it's really tough. And, and, and Oregon kind of probably blew it a little bit by this getting out when it did. I, I mean, they might might have had a chance. They might have had a chance to get to get to get DeAnthony Thomas if they could have kept it quiet until signing day. But now it's kinda of out in the open and you know USC's gonna be on him. Now there's gonna be a dead period coming up here. And that means there's no contact uh between uh the recruits and uh, the coaches. Coaches can't call um the recruits obviously and, and but there are various ways for messages to get passed along. And, you know, there's just a lot of people that, that you know, it's a hometown type thing. You know, there's a lot of USC people that are close with DeAnthony, and this is the kind of thing, and I've talked about on the boards last night and today, that USC works against, you know, on the other side of the country in these types of situations. You know, you go in and you're after a kid, and you may have a great shot at a kid, and you're coming down that home stretch to signing day, and all of a sudden, you know, USC gets put in a position where they can't call a kid directly and really can't call the coach to try to get on the phone with the kid. You're really disconnected from what's going on, but the local schools still have assistant coaches and friends and family and and, and people, maybe, you know, former teammates that can get a hold of a kid and talk to a kid. And so the dialogue continues for them. And that's kind of going to be the position that Oregon's in right now. They're kind of, you know, right now they're sitting back and they're going, okay, crap, people know that he was up here and they know he really liked Oregon we're going to have to just sit back and wait and see. And so that's kind of the situation right now. You know, I, I, my, my vibe is DeAnthony is an impulsive guy. Uh, we've seen that time and time again with, with interviews. Um, you know, I'll go back to exemplify it with uh, the interview we did after the Army All-American game. You know, DeAnthony makes an interception. And, you know, I, I asked him, you know, I said, you know, what were you kind of thinking? What was going through your mind there? And he goes, you know, I just wanted to get out of bounds. I'm thinking, well, why do you want to get out of bounds? Well, because I had to pee. And he said that right on camera, right on cue, just bang. You know, I, I, I just, all I could think about was getting out of bounds, so I had to pee. I mean, that's just the entity. He's an impulsive guy. He says things like that. And so I could see, you know, being really excited about this visit. Um, he probably led some people to believe, hey, you know, I'm going to go to Oregon. Um, but whether that happens or not, you know, again, my vibe is that uh, he, he probably stays close to home. Um, but you never know for sure. You, you never know for sure. You know, he, he could really see himself um, playing in the in the spread offense and, and being a guy like uh, Kenyon Barner uh, or, 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 you know, maybe a little Michael James. I, I think the, the issue with DeAnthony, and again, we talked about this at length, about him playing offense versus defense, it's just his mentality and him trying to save, him, save his legs, you know, and, and save himself a little bit from attrition playing defense. Um, you know, he could be a guy that's a specialist and you can put on kick returns and, you know, you could do some things offensively in spots, but I think if you play him a lot on offense, you know, you, you, you have a chance of maybe wearing him down because of how physical he is as a player. Um, so, you know, we'll see, you know, and, but, and at the same time, I talk about that, you know, USC is, is open to playing him 
um, offensively. I mean, the last we heard was that Kennedy Polo was in home and talking to him about how they could use him as a running back and how they could get the ball in his hands. So, you know, and, and, and USC's been out there recruiting hard at corner. So they're not necessarily saying, okay, DeAnthony's our corner, we're cool there, we can get other guys. Uh, I mean, they did get a commitment from Amir Carlisle, but, um, you know, from from what I see, I think that, uh, you know, DeAnthony Thomas is definitely a guy that they're, they're open to playing on the offensive side of the ball. Our opinion, you know, as as – as a, as a site, as a publication, you know, we have our opinions that are separate from the coaching staff in terms of evaluate, evaluate, evaluations and, you know, seeing kids and, and we get to see kids in, in kind of totally different light of camps and stuff like that. You know, I think personally, you know, cornerbacks is going to be his best position. It's a position that if he wants to go to the NFL, I think it gives him the best opportunity just with his size and, again, with his style of play and, and how he plays uh, football. So, I mean, I guess that's the latest right now on DeAnthony Thomas. Haven't really heard a whole lot this morning. No. Um, you know, we'll stay on top of it as usual. Yeah, and it's, it, I think a lot of this comes into play. You just There's rumors and stuff that go around. The shock was that he was actually visiting Oregon. And that's, like, obviously the initial shock was going on. People didn't really know. He's going to be up there in Oregon. Oh, he liked his visit. It was fun. And then things seem to kind of spiral <laughs> out of control, and all of a sudden he's committed. And, you know, we, we've had this come up before where guys at USC from out of state, like you said, and even if it's like you kind of have to know what your sources are saying, and sometimes people just run with things that are, they might extrapolate what, what they heard a little bit, or even what you've heard, they don't kind of use common sense. And, did DeAnthony Thomas tell someone I'm committed to Oregon? I I don't think so. I mean, we'll we'll probably never actually find out for sure. He might have said something that he really liked it. It was something that was close, and then all of a sudden it becomes he's committed. Or even if he did say the word, he told someone, "Yeah, yeah, I want to come to Oregon." Something along those lines. Was it in the heat of the moment? And then, like you said, he gets off the plane and he comes back home, talks to his family, talks to his friends. Yeah, no, it was really cool, but you know, it's still. It's not. It, yeah, it all it all comes with context. I mean, you know, it goes back to to guys' question about you know the rumors that get posted on the board and what gets out there. There's a lot of information that that is out there. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that I know that 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 I get through various you know venues and and uh, I should say avenues uh, that um, you, and that are good sources sometimes. But you you kind of you have to filter. You know, that information more and more at this time of year. You know, again, everybody kind of, I think, gets caught up in the excitement of signing day, and there's a lot of things that are said, and and, and you just have to kind of take a step back and put context into each of these situations. You know, I mean, Ken Tureen and, uh, and, and DeAnthony Thomas and Jalen Grimble, and, I mean, there's just so many examples that have come down the stretch. Again, you know, Eric Florence is another guy. You know, we could have, you know what we could have done? We could have written a story about Eric Florence, according to his Facebook. He committed to USC, quote unquote, USC bound, said Florence on his Facebook Sunday night. But that's irresponsible because we know in context, it's a kid on his Facebook messing with people. You know, maybe he ends up at USC. I mean, maybe he does shock the world and ends up at USC, but you can't go by something that he says on Facebook. And again, with Anthony Thomas, he could have said something to somebody and, 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 you know, just in, in passing or, or just, you know, was excited, you know, coming from his first uh, official visit outside of California. And, and you know, you, you can't necessarily just run with it and be like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, he's going to Oregon. Or, or yeah, you know, I mean, Andre Walker, he, he you know, committed to USC uh, silently, uh, you know, while he was uh, at his birthday party. And, and oh, he's, he's going to USC. But, but that, that doesn't mean anything. You know, I mean, there's it's, nowadays it's just the recruiting process it's so crazy and kids say so much. You really, really have to wait until signing day to really know what's going on with a majority of the kids who don't commit earlier in the process. And even when they commit earlier in the process, I mean, you can look at a guy like Christian Westerman. He was committed to Texas for a long time, turned around and commits to Auburn, which is still kind of like a, a, a lot of people kind of scratching their head over that whole situation. Um, you really know until you know, and and you really know what's going on until that signature is on that piece of paper. Um, you know, I, I guess not. I guess it kind of puts in the question. You know, what what is a commitment, and and do you should we you know as a as a 
as a recruiting publication should rivals be necessarily calling kids committed uh, anymore. I mean, it just seems like when a kid is committed um, at, at this point, it just means that they they're, they're, that school leads for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I really like that school. It, it's not necessarily I'm done with the process. I'm not taking calls anymore. I mean, there's some guys who do that, like Trey Madden, who, you know, at some point just said, yeah, you know, I got Oregon still calling me. I still got this school calling me, but I've told them I'm going to USC and I really don't want to continue the process. Robert Woods did that at one point last year. Rick Neuheisel continued to call him, continued to try to recruit him after he committed to USC. And at some point his dad just called UCLA and said, please stop calling the house. Don't come to the house. We're done. He's going to USC and that's it. And, and so, you know, and you, and you respect people like that. You respect those kids and those families, but then at the same time, you know, I don't, necessarily disrespect or dislike when somebody you know sees the process through even if they've made a commitment to another school I, I just think you know you just have to take it for what it is you know you kind of have to look at each situation individually and again it's that word context you got to put that word context around what these kids say and when they say it and how they say it all right gerard that's good stuff lots of rumors to get to there was another one um Eric okay, wanted to know. That was, the, that, that was the last one. Somebody asked about uh, uh, Javarius Allen. Yeah. They Eric, wanted to know about his rumors. Yeah, Eric also wanted to know about Javarius Allen, a.k.a. Buck Allen. There's rumors going on that he committed to USC. Can you verify what's going on there? What, who's Buck Allen? Buck Allen is a 6'1", 210-pound running back slash athlete. I would put the linebacker label on him just because I don't necessarily think he has enough speed to play running back at USC, and I don't know if he has enough speed to play defensive back. Some people have talked about him being a safety. I don't know if I see that. I think he might be a guy that's similar, actually, to Trey Madden um, in terms of uh, size and build, uh, that he may uh, kind of a weak side linebacker, possibly. You'll kind of see how it goes. I don't know a lot about him because he's not a guy that talks a lot to the media. Um, and through the process, it's kind of been hard to figure out where he's really seriously looking at. He did officially visit USC uh, January 14th and definitely liked it, definitely serious about USC post that visit. He's going to announce on signing day where he's going to commit, and I uh, can verify that he has made a decision as to where he's going to go per his coach. So at this point, that's the latest that we have on him. Um, can't say that he's going to USC for sure, uh, but it sounds like he has made up his mind as to where he wants to go. Wow, that was kind of a more concise rumor. It wasn't this uh, elaborate. The, the Black Mamba stuff was obviously very elaborate. <laughs> when your name is Black, you got to keep it quick and simple. Yeah. <laughs> cool, good stuff. Well, there... Um, so I just want to let people know, if you check out uscfootball.com or you go to peristylepodcast.com, we did a, we've been doing this nice feature, uscfootball.com TV, where we basically broadcast live from a venue we've been doing at Traditions on the USC campus, and uh, we get Gerard on there to talk a lot about recruiting. It's really cool. You can see you, you can see Gerard while he's talking about stuff, and we put up you know uh, profiles of the, the recruits that we're talking about. And if you go to peristylepodcast.com, you can see our latest uh, episode up there but it's on our Ustream channel if you're not you haven't checked out Ustream before it is pretty cool we're going to try to do one Gerard on signing day uh, from Sharky's Manhattan Beach there's going to be a lot of USC fans down there we're really going to try to get something going there we're still working out some of the technical details it's a uh, it's more difficult than you would think trying to produce a live television show on the internet so you got to have a really fast internet connection for one and then make sure you get all the equipment and stuff working but it's been a fun feature and I'm glad you've been Doing it, Gerard. I hope you like doing that. You don't mind being on camera, right? No, no. It's all good. People can see me stammering and not just listen to me stammering. <laughs> no, there's, and they can see that you're not like looking at notes when you start pulling out heights and weights of hundreds of guys just off the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I'm not looking at anything right now either. I, but you, you probably could tell. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what people are like, oh, he must be reading off something. Nope, that's just uh, the knowledge Gerard has up on the top of his head. And then, so that's... I guess to look forward to signing day, that should be a fun thing to do. We'll be able to kind of give live updates. We'll try to get Gerard's going to be at his his house, kind of running the show. Um, we'll be out probably at some different signings during the morning. So check out uscfootball.com. We'll have all kinds of stuff going on signing day. We'll have different features and everything going up. And like I said, check. We'll uh, we'll post on the front page 
if we end up doing this live Ustream show, which should be a lot of fun. And you can, we'll interact with a lot of fans too, see what they say. And as the, the, the letter of intent start faxing in, speaking of Gerard, when are they going to start emailing these and why are we still faxing that stuff? But we'll, we'll be reporting on all of that. Yeah, it's all about that hard copy, I think. I think that's why uh, they have to fax it in. You know, it's that tangible, oh, my gosh, you know, we have it. It's here. It's in our hands. And I could still, still smell the ink on it. That's, I think, what the, the fax machine is still about. Um, yeah, you they figure they could, you know, do it by email or do it some easier ways. Actually, you know, you want to hear something funny is that Victor Blackwell uh, is actually going to get, he's going to get shoulder surgery. I can't really ever get that out clearly and i've had it done myself and when i had to explain that i had shoulder surgery it was hard to say um but he's 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 shoulder uh, that he um ended up dislocating uh, a while back actually in the carson game it was one of it was the first game of the season actually for modern day um he's had that he's had that surgery uh coming the whole year and um he's going to get it done on signing day so victor blackwell is going to be uh, put up and i think they're going to forward his uh his letter of intent and all that kind of stuff early to him um, so he can get it done uh, early and send it in um, on signing day uh, because he's going uh, to be in the hospital. So, hope you know, good wishes out there to, to Victor. Wish him health. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he has a, a clean and successful surgery. Yeah, we all wish him well, and uh, it'll be fun, Gerard. The last 48 hours so are going to be crazy. So, again, check out USCfootball.com. We'll have – all kinds of features of what's going on signing day and be updating everyone as the letters start rolling in, as the faxes start rolling into Heritage Hall. Thanks again, Gerard, for joining us. Thank you. All right, everyone else, back in 30 seconds, we're going to talk some football with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Stay tuned for that. Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Peristyle Podcast. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. We now return to the Peristyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham. Welcome back to the Peristyle Podcast. We have Coach Harvey Hyde joining us on the line right now. Coach, yeah, we normally have in the first segment, we talked to Gerard extensively this morning. We tried to knock him out of the way because he's got a lot going on, obviously. But we always love to talk to the coach. How are you doing today, Coach? I'm uh, getting on uh, with you. i got a lot of home visits yet. It's a dead day for everybody else but me. I'm out <laughs> recruiting. I'm trying to change people, get them to decommit and come and play for me. So I'm doing great today, but nobody can talk to the prospects but me. It's a it's dead period, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a crazy time these last couple of days. All the visits are over. Now it's a dead period. Coaches can't talk to anyone. Uh, then, obviously, signing day on Wednesday is kind of the big deal here. It's it's crazy time, Coach. It's it's a great time. I think it's the greatest time of the year. I used to love recruiting. A lot of coaches don't like recruiting and so on. I love recruiting. I love going in and meeting people and their families and, and trying to dot the I at all the different schools and going in. You know, I used to have a plan that I used to have like five or six points that I had to do on every single recruit I had. I had to meet the principal, had to meet the vice principal, had to meet the AD, had to meet the equipment guy, had to meet the gentleman's uh, uh, or the student athlete I'm recruiting's girlfriend if he had one had to find out where the mother had lunch had to know where the dad had lunch so that I could show up at the restaurants and uh, make uh, an impression uh, uh, that I cared enough to eat at the same restaurant they did you know there's so many different things and behind the scenes you do as an individual coach that you try to close the gap as far as between you and that athlete and your university and why that player wants to play for you You've got to convince that student-athlete that you care about him more than anyone else. And it's not the university necessarily is wanting to play for you and your staff and so on. Because I wasn't at a university like USC or so on. I was at a university that more or less uh, wasn't supposed to play those type of schools. So what I wanted to do is get, not all of them, but I just wanted to get my share. I wanted to break through 
and get one or two of those type of players so we could eventually someday play teams in the Pac-10, which we did, several, and we beat some. So uh, it, uh, it, it's just exciting to get out there and meet people and talk to their families and, and watch smiles, watch families smile when the young man announces where they're going. It, it, it's just great. Uh, Coach, we're, we're going to talk to you some more about recruiting. But I wanted to thank our sponsor for the segment, Southern California Tickets. SCTickets.com is the URL. Check it out on the web. Or if you want to give them a call, just call 1-800-888-7287 if you need tickets for concerts, the theater, sporting events. I might, there's a Rock of Ages show coming up, Coach. I think I might check out at the Pantages Theater, so that would be a cool thing to do. If you want to take your girlfriend, your wife, your boyfriend, husband, whatever it is, check it stuff out there. It's kind of a it's a slow time for sports going on. Obviously, the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. I think you can get Super Bowl tickets through them too. But there's there'll be a lot of stuff coming up here in the next few weeks. You can get Super Bowl tickets through them, but you better make sure wherever you get your Super Bowl tickets that uh, you got a heavy checkbook. Yeah, I'll tell you those those Super Bowl tickets this year. I understand are really high high priced, and you know that's something that that. Uh, you know, I really think uh, it ruins the game just a little bit because a person really can't go to the game that should go to the game. It's a corporate game. Let's face it now. If you go there, you have to be invited in most cases or you have have to have a lot of money to be able to buy them from a broker. Uh, players used to be able to, well, they get their tickets, but now, you know, players have ways of distributing their tickets too. And uh, it just uh, it's just now a corporate event. I mean, it's a huge event. It's a, one of the most watched events, except for, I think it's second only to the, what, the Academy Awards as far as on national television. What are they getting, $2.8 million for per 30-second spot? That's a pretty good payday. So every time you watch the Super Bowl this coming Sunday, make sure you say, ring up the cash register and start counting how many ads there actually are and then you'll be able to figure out what the revenues that's generated just from commercials itself. It's it's unbelievable. This is a huge event. But the NFL knows how to do it right. I mean, it's not a game anymore. They have what what was it? Black Eyed Peas, and they yeah. have this. They have a concert. They got it all going on, buddy. You know, if you want to go to the stadium and watch it on a big screen outside the stadium, it's like two hundred dollars. They're going to let I don't know how many thousands of fans or whatever do that, but they're selling tickets to stand outside the stadium and watch on a TV? Well, I'll tell you, I'll let you stand in my yard for less than that. <laughs> I, I really will, and I'll provide you with a parking spot. How's that? <laughs> and uh, I'll even give you a hot dog or two. So if anyone out there is willing to pay to go down to Arlington and watch it around the stadium, you can come up and I'll, we'll go in the park and put up a couple of big screens and we can watch it there. That's crazy. Well, well, Coach, it's obviously we talked about signing day coming up on Wednesday. Um, with that dead period, I don't know if the rules have kind of changed at all, but is it kind of a, a tough time for coaches because now you just have to kind of wait and see. There's still going to be a couple of days before the fax machine starts rolling and you see which kids actually sign. All the verbal commitments will turn into actual commitments or decommitments or whatever it is, but you can't really make contact with the, with the prospects. It's got to be a tough time for coaches. Well, it's not only a tough time, it's a scary time, Ryan. It's really, you're scared. Until you get those uh, faxed national letter of intents and scholarship forms into the offense, uh, office, it, it is scary. And, in fact, you've got to have more, one fa- more than one fax machine, too, because you don't want that thing to get backed up and all of a sudden the line's busy and a guy changes his mind. So you've got to have about ten fax machines ready to go where you give fax numbers out, so when that number rings, that fax goes through. It's scary because it isn't a commit, a verbal commit isn't a definite commit until you get the signed document. It's not done. Uh, Kids change their mind at the last moment. Kids get scared at the last moment. See, kids can still talk to each other. So kids are picking up the phone or emailing each other, what are you going to do? I'm going here. Come with me. And don't think kids aren't recruiting for their schools, and they're all deciding right now what they're going to do. So they're communicating with each other, and they're talking. They met met each other years ago at combines and camps and all-star games and all the different activities when they visit different campuses and so on. So they they communicate back and forth too. Are you still going to SCA? Are you still going to? Well, I'm thinking about changing. What do you? What do you? Why don't you come with me to SC? 
Well, they haven't offered me. Uh, well, if they've offered you, would you come? And, you know, all these different type of things are going on behind the scenes. So it's, uh, it's really scary for coaches because until that comes through, you really don't know what's going on. And you've got to have a backup plan immediately so in case you lose someone, let's say uh, you don't get a letter of intent and you see Oregon and you see Oregon State announcing uh, their signee, uh, that they got a letter of intent from this kid that you're supposed to get, you got to say, uh-oh, we got to fax a scholarship here to someone and hope that now we can sway this person. So it, it, it is really uh, sports-centered. It really is. I, I used to work it with a big board in front of us. We'd have our commits. We'd have our offer board. We'd have it all right there. So if someone didn't come with us, we'd go to the next person. It, it is really, really... Uh, uh, a very, uh, what do you want to call it, scary period of time. Because today now, what coaches are doing, they've got some off time. They are actually right now in most situations when you can't talk to players, I'll bet you most of the staffs around the country are taking all day today watching 2012 recruits on videos already. Sitting down, everybody's starting to put the 2012 list together, what do you think of this kid? What do you think of that kid? Let's make our list. Let's rank our players and so on. Because recruiting goes around year-round. You cannot just have recruiting just during recruiting period. It's got to be year-around now with all of these different combines coming up and so on and things you've got to be at. And then, of course, you've got spring practice, and you've got the kids that are on campus already you have to tend to. But you really ignored them a little bit because these new players that have just signed – the eight at USC that are on campus, you haven't seen them much because you've been out on the road traveling, recruiting, and so on, and Papri and other student athletes and your strength coach probably has been the one that's seen them the most. So you've got to show some, show some time to them in love, but you don't want them to get depressed and think about transferring and going back. What happened to this? These guys have been uh, doing all this uh, sweet talk to me, and all of a sudden they don't even talk to me anymore. So... There's a lot of things you have to do, but uh, it's a very scary period of time between now and tomorrow. You can be really excited, really excited, but you get some kids that change their mind and decommitted from Ohio State and decide to come to USC, or you yourself might lose someone to someone else. Yes, it's a crazy, crazy time, obviously. And Coach, I, I think this is kind of a unique thing in sports, and I don't, you don't see it at different levels like this, but when you're talking about recruiting and there's these 17-year-old kids, especially, like you said, down to the wire, you're pulling out all the stops as a coach when you make your visits or you have an in-home visit or they visit a campus. You're trying to do whatever you can do to get this kid to sign with your school. And then pretty much after the signing happens, that, that love affair kind of ends. And now <laughs> it's a whole different story where... They have to do what you say, and it's, it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic to switch. It's like a 180-degree turn. Right, it is, but, uh, you know, you've got to do that gently. A lot of coaches don't have the skills, and a lot of your assistant coaches don't have the skills to make that adjustment. They think all of a sudden, okay, that's over with. I'm tired of pampering this kid. He's going to do what I tell him. You start screaming at him. You don't ever scream at a kid or abuse a kid or do anything with a kid until that kid knows you truly love him. You've welcomed them to the team. You've welcomed them to the family. You, you, you understand his homesickness. You understand he's missing his girlfriend. You understand that he's not comfortable on campus. You understand that he doesn't have a lot of the things other people have. You understand that the classes are difficult, and you really pamper this guy to make sure that he's enjoying his first month, two months, whatever it takes for him to believe in you. Once that kid believes in you, then you can start to direct him into saying, okay, we've got you here. We're paying your scholarship for a reason. You're here because you're an athlete. You're here because you're going to get both, your academics and you're going to get an athletic experience here at USC or anywhere. So then you can start motivating by saying you're not getting done what you should be getting done in the weight room. When you're in the spring practice, if you yell or scream at the kid a little bit, he understands. Why? Because he knows you care about him. You know, you can't spank a kid until that kid knows you love him. 
And, uh, you, you know, you see these kids on TV saying, hi, mom, hi, mom, hi, mom, hi, mom, mom, because they know that they would eat before the mother would eat. They know that. Mom doesn't eat till the kids eat. And these kids don't forget that. And when mom spanked them, do you think they didn't like their mom? They loved their mom for spanking them. But they knew that she cared about them. And that's the exact same thing that I used to tell my coaches, don't ever spank a kid. If I ever catch you spanking a kid before I know that kid loves you, you're going to get a spanking. So, uh, you know, you've you got to be gentle. You've got to let this transition from a different environment into a new environment. Uh, you've got to be very careful. All right, Coach. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun leading up to signing day. We do have a uh, voicemail question I wanted to get to from our friend Antonio over in Saudi Arabia. So it's nice for him to uh, call in. Um, let's go, he, we addressed one of his recruiting questions earlier with Gerard, but he had a question about the USC defense. So let's, let's answer that part. Hello, Ryan, Coach Harvey, and uh, Gerald. Uh, this is uh, Antonio, the number one Trojan fan from uh, Saudi Arabia or the Middle East. <laughs> uh, I want to say keep up the good work and uh, enjoy the, the podcast every week and uh, also Trojan TV. Uh, I, have a couple, I think I have a couple of questions and one. I'll make it real short and brief. Um, the first thing I want to ask is actually for to Gerald. Um, I'm actually getting some rumors. I've been reading some papers and information from uh, South Carolina that uh, some close friends to Jadavion, Jadavion, Jadavion Clowney had said that he's really interested in uh, coming to USC. And I'm wondering if this is the five-star surprise that uh, Gerald was talking about at Traditions. And for Coach Harvey, do you think uh, that the USC defense can run a defense kind of like similar to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they're constantly blitzing the linebackers and using the defensive ends to drop back? Uh, look forward to your answers. Have a good day. Take care, guys. Well, you know, that's, that's a good question. Can they run it? Yes, they can run it. Do they have the players who run it? Well, that's something that you really have to evaluate because, you know, you do uh, a lot of those things to give the quarterback tough reads and so on. SC has dropped back their defensive ends before. In fact, can't remember the name of the defensive end. You can probably remember Ryan that intercepted a pass and ran down the sideline. Was it Kyle uh, Moore? You remember that? Kyle Moore, maybe, that was. It was, yeah, Kyle Moore. You're exactly right in yeah. one of the games. So, you know, that's a scheme that uh, universities are using, not as much as what they use in the NFL or pro football. But, yeah, you can do those different things and bring people up the middle. I like blitzing defenses. I like to be aggressive on defense. I like to go after people or at least put the fear in the offensive coordinator's mind that they're going to come after us or the quarterback's mind. I don't want him standing back there thinking, oh, this is going to be a picnic. I want him to stand back there saying, wow, I better read this thing correctly, or otherwise I'm in deep trouble. So you've got to be able to do both, and you've got to be able to do both well. You've got to be able to show blitz and then drop out of it. You've got to be able to not show blitz and run blitz. You've got to run delayed blitz as well as straight blitz, which means the linebacker waits, looks like he's going to drop back. Then he comes on his blitz. So there's a lot of different things you have to do. Can SC run that? I certainly think they can run that. You've got to be able to run on defense to be an aggressive, good, fast defensive football team. And I think that you've got to have very coordinated defensive ends to be able to do that. You just can't drop back a stiff and ask him to cover back there. And, in fact, you can't ask him to play man sometimes on a throwback to a back or someone down the sideline if he comes to your area unless that defensive end or linebacker can run so and cover. So it's, it's dangerous at times, yet it can be good because the quarterback doesn't see you, just like uh, in the Haney situation when he threw that interception uh, in the uh, NFC Championship game and the big defensive tackle picked it off and ran it in for a touchdown for Green Bay, which might have been the deciding touchdown because they're not used to seeing uh, people like that in the zone and all of a sudden appearing. So, uh, yes, they could do it. Will they do it? I don't think they'll do it much. If they do it a lot, will it be successful? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think they have those types of defensive ends at SC. They have more rush type of guys uh, that get after the quarterback. They're big, tall guys. When you have big, tall guys, big, tall guys really don't drop back well or run well uh, as far as covering a receiver or a zone. So uh, that's where I feel on it. And uh, what they do at SC – they will do the best 
utilizes their personnel. And that's the number one thing in putting an offense and defense together. What do we have here to work with and then run that type of offense or defense? And Antonio, we really appreciate you uh, calling in from Saudi Arabia. It's great. We appreciate the work you're doing out there. And thanks for the – it's always good to get a voicemail from overseas like that, especially a guy like Antonio. He's been really great. Oh, oh, what do you think he does over there? Is he in the oil business? <laughs> As with the military, Coach. <laughs> oh, he's with the military. Yeah? Well, thank you then. Thank you for doing what you do so we can say what we say. Yeah, we do appreciate it. And uh, I'm, I'm 99% sure I, that's, I've got to remember from, uh, from his voicemails he left before, but I thought that was the, the case there. Well, Coach, with, you know, just want to get going here, but for signing day, I was just reminded of, this, of me before we, go, uh, before we went on the air. I'm going to be joining you at the Burger Continental on Thursday. You really are, and what a great time we're going to have there. Ryan, can you imagine that you and I are going to sit down? And uh, for people who want to listen to that, they can go on the website. They can go to KSHP, that's KSHP.com, go to programming, then hit listen. And that's going to be between 7 and 8 p.m. We will know Thursday on who the signees are. We will more or less break down uh, our opinion on who signed, where, the, where they will play, what benefits they bring to USC, and so on. We'll talk about if there's any surprises. We'll talk about if there's any negative things, maybe somebody decommits. And, and uh, we'll just talk about it all. And, and Ryan, it's always exciting to, to see just what you get for Christmas. Yeah. And this is, this is basically <laughs> what it is, you know? All the presents under the tree, Coach. It's going to be fun. It's uh, Burger Continental. The show starts, was it 6 o'clock? Is that when? You're going to be you're going to be on at seven. I'll be on at seven o'clock. Seven okay. eight. Yeah, the show starts at six with other segments I do, but you get the whole hour, buddy. Seven eight. Nice. Well, yeah. So if anyone's up in the Pasadena area on Thursday night, Coach does his show from there. Is it every week or just about every week? Every Coach? single week at five thirty-five South Lake in Pasadena. Just take the one ten freeway if you're coming from LA. Get off on California, hang a right or go east. Get over the lake, turn left, and it's about a half a block on up on the west side of the street. Great food, great atmosphere. We have a lot of fun, too. It is a lot of fun. I've been up to do your show a number of times, and this is always the most fun when we get to talk about all the recruits going through your list and, you know, who, you know any late signees, all the surprises, stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope that there are a lot of positive surprises. You always look at it that way. You can't go into anything negatively. No. <laughs> We'll see. All right, Coach. Well, everyone, don't forget, 6 o'clock, Pasadena, Burger Continental. Check it out on Thursday night. I'll be there with Coach Harvey Hyde. If you want to come meet us, say hi in person and listen to the show. And, uh, Coach, again, we appreciate you coming on. It's always a lot, uh, always a good time. It, it really is a good time. And, Ryan, I want everyone to know out there, uh, uscfootball.com follows it all. I go up on your website, Ryan, all the time. You think I'm kidding? All the time. And read all the updates on what you have to say about recruiting and all the different things about USC. So, buddy, thank you for such a great website. Oh, Coach, we appreciate it, and thanks for making the podcast as fun. And I think I think this is our we're finishing our third year. We're uh, this is episode one fifty five. Probably next week, I guess, will be our uh, technically fifty two weeks times three. You know, that'll be our anniversary, one hundred fifty six show. So it's pretty cool, man. Three years of doing this. Can you believe that every week, man? Oh man, we we really have missed one unless I'm on Secret Assignment, and you went on, you went on Secret Assignment once or twice too. Yeah, <laughs> but it's been a <laughs> lot of fun, and we the, appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Well, you were working for the NCAA, and, <laughs> and I and I was working to watch what you were doing for the university part of it. Okay. Uh, that's going to upset people if you say I was working for the NCAA. No, no, no. I'm just kidding you, buddy. We can't be talking about that. Hey, by the way, I want to say this. I have a good feeling. You never asked me about this, but I, maybe I'm not supposed to talk about it. But you know me. I talk about anything. I got a good feeling on the appeal. I really do. I really think that the NCAA is going to lessen the appeal. I really do. Because the more I look at this thing, I think the college presidents themselves are going to more or less get the word to the committee that, hey, you guys acted too harshly on USC. We still have to deal with Auburn. We still have to deal with Ohio State and 
all of us presidents live in glass houses. This could happen to any of us. But all of us can't survive it like USC. USC goes 8-5 and five last year, and they could have been 10-3. and three. They lose two one-point games. And, hey, we, we can't survive it. Now they're coming up with a top recruiting class, four or five in the country. Hey, we couldn't have that happen to us. If what you gave them, you gave us, our football program would be over. And I really believe that Pat Hayden is a smooth operator, and I think he's handled this properly as far as low-keying it, saying he doesn't expect them to change much, it hasn't been done, and so on. And they'll look good then by saying, you know, you really followed what we told you to do, and we are going to drop it to 15 scholarships rather than 30. And we're not going to allow them to recruit players off your campus any longer. Now, they might have to not play in bowl games for two years, but that's fine. It's a scholarship thing that's important. I really believe that the presidents themselves will put pressure on the NCAA. And who is the NCAA? The college presidents. They hire the NCAA president and all those people. So I really think it's going to be positive. I really think it's going to be a positive decision. Now, I might be wrong. But I got a feeling this is going to happen because the way SC handled it and because the way they're coming up with a strong recruiting class and any other university, they could not do that. That's good news, Coach. Yeah, we haven't really got to talk about that much. I think we'll have, we'll definitely have more time after signing day. We can kind of get into that a lot more because it's obviously a hot topic right now. But at least looking towards signing day, they're just kind of going forward and just recruiting like there's no sanctions whatsoever and still – getting another top class, and you got to take your hat, hats off to Lane Kiffin for that one. You're darn right you do. And, then, and, and other universities, I don't think they could do that. So that's why I think these college presidents themselves are going to say, hey, hey we, can't, we couldn't have one of those. Don't set examples like that that you have to give us if something like that happens. Yeah. All right, Coach. Well, again, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, everyone out there, for listening to the Peristyle Podcast. We'll talk to you next week where we can break down everyone that signed with USC. Lots to, lots to get to. Tune in next week for that. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.